Welcome. This is Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier. I'm Bill. And I'm Christy. We're psychotherapists, spiritual directors, and the founders of Soul Shepherding. On soulshepherding.org, you can find a treasure store of resources for your spiritual and emotional health and fruitful ministry to others. Most of these resources are free. You'll also find our books that you can purchase for your devotional life, a small group, or as a gift for a friend. We're so glad you've joined us for another conversation on life, love, and leadership with Jesus. Well, honey, I appreciate the grace you show me. Tonight. How have I shown you, Grace? Well, I've, I'm standing there in the kitchen tonight, and I'm uh, having a hot flash, fanning <laughs> myself with a clipboard I picked up, and then I go over to the freezer, and I pull out a bonbon, and I start eating a chocolate bonbon, and then I start saying to you, oh, my word, look at me, your middle-aged wife, I'm actually hot flashing, eating a bonbon, and at least I'm not watching a soap opera, but then I realized I'd just been kind of telling you my soap opera I'd been kind of venting with you and sharing with you a little bit of some of my emotions from this week. Well, I'm thankful you did that because before that I did the same thing with you. <laughs> and uh, catharsis is a good thing when you can release the pent up stresses and things that are going on inside that you're feeling. We need a friend to do that with. And I'm so thankful that you're a friend. <laughs> well, thanks, honey. I'm very thankful for your friendship, too. So we're doing this podcast today, this conversation on serve what you're cooking, but we're not going to be serving bonbons. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I can get a bonbon when we finish this. It sounds really good. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about serving what you're cooking. And we, in particular, want to dedicate this podcast to two of our friends as we speak, uh, our friend Margaret Snyder is cooking in her kitchen for the yep. TLC week coming up. We're going to yes. be having a week with a group of pastors and leaders uh, meeting with us for some training in spiritual formation, leadership, and soul care ministry, and look, really looking forward to that. So thankful for the healthy food that Margaret cooks for us, and she's been doing this for years. It's a real labor of love, and and she's got, um, we have another friend that has joined Margaret with some of our other TLCs, has also been hosting yeah. TLC for us a number of times. Uh, Joan Graham and her husband, Steve, we're so thankful for them. And she's also an amazing cook. And in fact, Joan is the one that requested that we do this podcast on Serve What You're Cooking. Yeah, we were at her house recently leading a TLC retreat. And this is one of our morning breakfast readings that we do at TLC, where we each uh, morning around breakfast share a little clip from a highlight of a devotional classic. I love those. I love that soul food from the ancient writers. And this theme of serve what you're cooking is a main theme in our soul shepherding ministry. We're talking now, of course, to, to preachers and Bible study teachers, but also small group leaders and counselors, spiritual directors, parents, really all of us probably have relationships, I hope, have relationships where we're giving to others, caring for others. And that includes not only listening and empathy, which we talk a lot about on Soul Talks, but it also includes words of encouragement. And sometimes we're in a situation where we're doing some teaching. In some way, we're ministering very directly to others. And the great danger that's present for us as givers of care is that we would serve to others, but not eat ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right. That we would do our cooking only for other people. So as pastors, that we would only be cooking for the congregation we're preaching to and thinking of them and what we're, we're serving, but we're not actually making use ourselves. 
It's so easy to fall into that. In fact, it's probably inevitable to a degree because, you know, the people around us when we're in, in ministry, whether it's paid professional ministry or lay ministry, the, the needs are so great. Mm-hmm. And the call to be Christ's ambassador is, is so significant. It's so important that we easily get caught up in our caring for others and helping them. Every parent knows this from taking care of your kids, not just when they're little, but it, it doesn't end, right? You know, when you got adult children, they still have needs and we have a relationship with them and we're very much involved in their lives. And some of that's a lot of fun and some of that's stressful and challenging and we're giving a lot. Well, one of the things I've enjoyed seeing you cooking is, as you do, spend time in the devotional classics and these classic writers and reading and you're cooking a meal there and you're feeding off of their cooking and then you serve it by, you write this little article, this little clip of you kind of your meditations from it and the fruit and what you've been feeding on. And then I get to eat it and I'm blessed. And then I start kind of cooking with it and I get to then overflow it and share it with others. Yeah, these classics of devotion are the most important books that I read. I want to follow the C.S. Lewis dictum. I'm not able to realize it, but he says, you know, for every book that you read, you ought to read two of the old books. You know, wow. I mean, that's quite a ratio. A lot of us don't read any of the old books, let alone twice as many of the new books. And and maybe some of our listeners aren't even readers anyway, but we try to make it easy for others to glean from these writings. And that's what you're referring to. Then our website, if our listeners go to soulshepherding.org and they follow the tag classics, find about 50 readings from the classics and just some of the best writings. And when I write these articles with excerpts from the classics, I'm not just serving up for the readers. I'm really still feeding Yeah, (laughs) because it's just a way that I can take it in more. Well, and it's rich food, so it's worth revisiting too. You get more than one meal out of it. Yeah. Well, I, f- I feel like we're sitting at the dinner table and we're looking at the food and it's piping hot and the, we're smelling the aromas, but we're not eating yet. So let's yeah, eat. I'm, let's I'm holding a, a book here by Richard Baxter, the uh, Puritan pastor from the 1600s. In the year 1656, he wrote a book called The Reformed Pastor. And this is an a amazing book. And in particular, the reading here that I've put it onto our website soulshepherding.org. It's called Serve What You're Cooking. And the idea is that, you know, we, we're cooking with God in the kitchen of our soul a meal that we're going to share with others. And that's what we do in, in ministry. And of course, the, the Word of God is the manna. The uh, big issue that we have, though, is that uh, we so readily can neglect the care of our own souls mm-hmm. while we're focused on caring for others' souls. And the statistics on uh, pastor-leader stress, those of us who are in ministry, especially you know, engaged in that full-time, the emotional pain, the burnout, the diminished effectiveness in ministry that shows up in many of the leaders' lives. And we're talking with many of these pastors and pastor spouses and other leaders. And generally, what's behind that is not eating the stuff that we're serving others. <laughs> and so we really want to glean now from Richard Baxter. And uh, the theme here, he's drawing from the Apostle Paul's words in Acts 20, verse 28, where Paul says, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. Keep watch over yourselves. That's the theme here that Richard Baxter is going to write about. What do you feel when you hear those words, honey? Responsibility. Yeah. 
And of course, James follows up on that and says, you know, if you're going to be a teacher, be careful about that. Don't rush into being a teacher. You, you want to be prepared. You want to be ready, not just in your cognitive learning, but in your heart and soul too. Yeah. So we go into Richard Baxter's words here. He says, take heed to yourselves. That's the King James way of saying the beginning of Acts 20, verse 28. Take heed to yourselves that you do not famish yourselves while you prepare food for others. Many a cook scarcely licks their fingers, yet prepares for others the most costly dishes. Mm, That's pretty graphic. He goes on and says, Oh, what aggravated misery is this, to perish in the midst of plenty. We may be famished while we have the bread of life in our hands, offering it to others. And we've talked with leaders in this very position who are preaching, who are leading groups, who are counseling, listening to others, caring for others, and they've got compassion fatigue or they're burned out or they're struggling with a a depression or a moral problem or a broken marriage, and they find themselves relying on their professional skills and gifts Mm -hmm. to help others. And when you've got that kind of a dichotomy going on for very long, it starts to really eat at you. It does. Hopefully, they start to realize how famished they are and really go to God to, let, to feast. So Richard Baxter continues and he says, So preach a while to yourself before preaching to others. And we could say, get some counseling yourself before you counsel others. Or study the Bible for yourself before you help others study it. Or look to someone to pastor you before you pastor others. Or if you are someone who's ministering in the area of listening and empathy to your family or your friends, well, who's listening to you and offering you empathy? Do you have relationships where you're a receiver or where it's mutual? So important that we're in balance here. And then back to the kitchen analogy, uh, Richard Baxter says, consider whether the food in your mouth goes into your stomach and nourishes you before you feed others who are hungry. It's easy to say to others, well, why don't you do this? Or I think this would help you. But have we taken that food in for our own selves? Yeah, we can get caught up in pride and serving this food to other people and not really taking care of ourselves and recognizing, well, we have needs too. It feels good to meet other people's needs. It doesn't always feel good to acknowledge our own needs. It's such a subtle thing, isn't mm-hmm. it? Because it's a good thing to meet other people's needs. I mean, you could say that's the bottom line of the Christian life. Love your neighbor. Care for the poor and needy. And so it's, it's so important. And yet how readily we get caught in giving too much and not giving out of the overflow. Well, it's kind of even a spiritual form of anorexia. Yeah. So uh, unpack that for us. Well, the anorexic will deny themselves food, but one of the things they do is they like to prepare food for mm. other people, mm-hmm. but then they're, they're denying it themselves. So yeah, and they're, they're sort of driving pleasure vicariously mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. serving others and, and other people enjoying that food and, and other people get to eat. Mm-hmm. So they're deriving pleasure, but it's not really satisfying their true need. Yeah, it's just it's, they need to eat too. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's... Food is a metaphor here for uh, soul food, for grace, for compassion. Love and truth and really for intimacy with Christ. 
with letting his living water fill us, yeah, the bread that, of life. And that we open ourselves to that when we're vulnerable. And that's just such a key theme in the spiritual life. I mean, call it humility, call it asking for what you need. But if, if we don't bring ourselves openly and authentically to the Lord, uh, to the scriptures, and to people that we can trust, then we're going to be in danger of, of becoming more like that spiritual anorexic. Mm-hmm. Humbling ourselves to admit, God, I need you. I need you to fill me, to open my mouth. I often ask myself uh, just to sort of keep myself honest and say, you know, where, where is my consolation coming from? Where is my joy coming from? And if it's only or even primarily coming from the ways that I'm helping other people and the ways that they're feasting on spiritual food that I'm giving them, whether it's as a counselor or, or a teacher or a writer, then it's like, that's a cause for concern. Because, I mean, there is a, a blessing. It's more blessed to give than receive, Paul says in Acts, quoting Jesus. But that's the blessing of being a cheerful giver, Paul tells us uh, in 2 Corinthians, that when we're, when we're giving out of the overflow, mm-hmm. which is another teaching in 2 Corinthians 1, that's where it's a joyful thing. But when we're giving maybe out of emptiness or obligation, Paul says, that's where it's a slippery slope. Or out of ego mm-hmm. to get that accolades back, affirmation. Mm-hmm. So when I'm examining myself you know, before the Lord um, and just in my prayers and reflections and so forth, I'm looking for uh, ways that I'm experiencing consolation from the Lord that's maybe through scripture meditation or through uh, a long prayer walk or through a conversation that I've had with a friend and I've received some empathy. And so I want to see things like this in my daily life that are nourishing me because that's how we stay fresh in our ministry to others. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I see so often in working with pastors, a lot of the pastors that I help, of course, are preparing sermons and so forth, is the danger of over-preparing for our sermons. Or if uh, you're leading a Bible study, the same thing can apply. Where, I mean, it's important to prepare, of course, to study, to, to think through how we're communicating a message. Uh, you know, if we're, we're writing something, it's the same thing. It's a gift of love. You know, when you're cooking a meal, you spend some hours on that to really make it healthy and tasty and, and so forth. And the same thing is true in the spiritual life. But we can put too much time, energy, and perfectionism into that, and we can get our preparation such that it's all about the other people that we're helping, and we're forgetting to taste the food for ourselves and swallow it and digest it so that we're being nourished and feeding on the Word of God and the grace of God. So one of the things that we like to do is to ask each other, what's your sermon doing for you? Mm-hmm. What is it that, you know, that you're, the message you're preparing for a ministry, you know, coming up? What's it doing for you, for your soul? How are you really being ministered to by God, by his word, by the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we want to, before we lead a group, we lead a lot of soul care groups for pastors and ministry leaders and pastor spouses, so forth. And we want to feed on that scripture that we're serving to others. Mm-hmm. And we want to do that in our preparation uh, or even just in the group. You know, we lead Lexio Divina groups, for instance, and we have a number of free Lexio Divina guides on our Soul Shepherding website that, that many people use. One of the most visited um, parts of our website, many people use these in small group leadership and so forth. 
Uh, but we, we want to be feeding off of that man ourselves. Well, this is the kind of thing that sustains us, honey. So, you know, next week, leading TLC, will be, you know, 16-hour days, five yeah. days in a row with people on retreat. And one of the things that will sustain us, that always sustains us during that week of ministry, as we meet one-on-one with the pastors and as we teaching sessions and share all our meals with them, is that with every exercise we lead them in, we're participating and receiving too. So when we send them out on solitude and silence, we'll go and mm-hmm. feast with the Lord in that time of interaction. When we're giving them a chapter of scripture to meditate on, we do that meditation. We're feeding on that scripture meditation too. When we're praising the Lord together in worship, we're, we're wholeheartedly worshiping too. When we're in community processing as a group and our soul shepherding groups, we're sharing vulnerably too. Yeah, we ask them to pray for us in areas. So it sustains us because we're eating too. We're not just serving mm-hmm. the pastors. Yeah, there's the a lot of food lives. there. We're, we're practicing a rhythm of life that also includes praying Psalms every day and other scripture passages, scriptures we're memorizing during the, the, the free time portions. And so we're, we're going through that with them. And uh, usually uh, one or more points during TLC, I take a nap, you know, and just, and just lay my head on Jesus' chest and rest. It's a great feast. I'm looking forward to it again. <laughs> yeah. So thankful that we get to do that with the Lord and, and together. And it's a blessing that we do it together. You know, Jesus sent out the disciples in pairs, and that's been a central thing in our soul shepherding ministry that, that helps us stay in sync with serving others, what we're cooking with God in the kitchen of our own souls so that we're, we're eating on this too, is that we have, we've shared leadership. And so we, we take turns. And so as you're teaching, it's even easier for me to glean and learn uh, from the Lord through you. And uh, we, of course, you know, help each other, listen to each other and, and support each other in the process. And we all, I know not everybody has that uh, in a spouse. Some of our listeners are single uh, and you can maybe have that in various degrees with friends, but it's really important that we follow the teaching of Jesus and we look for opportunities to do our ministry in partnership with others. Yes. Well, Jesus was single in his life here, and we see how he did this. I mean, he sat down and he ate with others over mm-hmm. and over and over again. He humbled himself to sit down and eat and to receive you know, from God, and he would, he would see him receiving and he picked three of his disciples that he felt uh, especially close to and, and trusted, Peter, James, and John, and he spent more time with them, often went on retreat with them. And of course, he was teaching them and leading them, but there was some mutuality there also. So I'd like to offer a prayer for our listeners in closing here. Oh God, we praise you for the gift of the manna from heaven that you give to us in your word, most especially the Bible, but the furthermore, the message that the kingdom of the heavens is open to us in Jesus. And this is the, the great meal, the eternal soul food that we long for, is this intimacy with you, Lord. And you, you give us uh, friends in the body of Christ that help us to uh, receive your compassion and your mercies that are new every morning. And so we just pray, Lord, for all of our listeners that you uh, would help us, Lord, to grow in this way of life in which we're uh, feeding on the food that we would serve to others in our various ministries. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We hope you've been blessed by this episode of Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier. You'll find all our podcasts on soulshepherding.org. And while you're there, we hope you'll have fun discovering our other free resources to bless your soul and ministry. 
On Facebook, you can receive a daily encouraging word or prayer for me. Just friend Bill Galtier or follow Soul Shepherding. Until next time, let's keep in conversation with Christ.